and they were constantly trying to resuscitate her. But eventually, at around 20 past one, I think around that kind of time, they asked for permission to stop trying because nothing was working. And they said that the amount of times that they had had to resuscitate her, that the damage that she's been through would have been hard enough. It's the Still Parents Podcast. Tonight is episode number 48. Uh, it's me, Dan. We're here with Ryan. Evening, Ryan. How are you, mate? You okay? I'm um, very well, thank you. You all right? And yeah. Matt Whitehouse, you well, sir? You had a good week? Uh, yeah, very good. Clocks went forward today, didn't they? Yeah, you remembered that, didn't you, Dan? I didn't even realise. I can't believe Till these guys mentioned it in the studio. I, I realised because I had to get up for football this morning. and oh. well, they, No, I was up. But all the clocks update themselves these days, don't they? So Apart from your oven clock. That's the one that never oh, updates. Oh, ours is bust. And oh. it takes you hours to work out how to change your oven clock. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of the hardest clocks. And, and, like your, and your car clock. Your car clock and your oven clock are the two hardest clocks in the world to yeah. change. And then, like, your mobile just does it by itself. Yeah. The, the car one, I do in general, I haven't bothered changing. So, like, I've just had... I just look, I just continue in like there. you might get to work on time now then <laughs> oh, <laughs> you left yourself wide open Matthew for that one thank you very much to everyone who's watching live or listening back to this whenever it is through your podcast provider our website stillparentspodcast.co.uk and you can get us on Instagram as well stillparentspodcast so Conno Sullivan joining us tonight from South Croydon far south of London and uh, yeah we've been booked in for a while and your other half is, is your wife isn't it is it Lauren yes is she, is yeah. she watching out of interest yes I think she is she's in one of the other rooms somewhere watching hi Lauren hi Lauren yeah. hi Lauren so you're on best, <laughs> so you're on best behaviour Yes. Connor, as we say to every guest, and take as much time as you want and as much depth as you feel you'd like to go into, uh, tell us your story, please, about, because obviously we're we're here, we want people to listen, but unfortunately it does mean that people are in pain and that's, that's, we're here to just open that discussion and and get men talking more and tell us about your story with Evie, please. Yep. It all started, um, Lauren, I was actually at work, so I used to be a scaffolder. Yes. And I was at work. And Lauren, I think she told me that she was going to do a test just because uh, she was feeling a little bit funny. So she was messaging me saying, I'm going to do a test. She was out for a coffee with a few friends. Uh, So I'm at work. And then she sends me a message over saying, oh, my God, or something along those lines. Yeah. Because we kind of had an inkling that she was pregnant. Uh, But she said, guess how far along? And I think it was nine plus weeks. Oh, wow. It was quite far along considering yeah. she didn't really have any symptoms so to speak yeah and then she sent me a picture of the scan and i was literally at work just in shock just looking at this little baby how in shock were you bearing in mind you're up a scaffold at the time <laughs> yeah so i was i was actually up a scaffold <laughs> yeah. when i got the picture i had to walk around the corner and go to like somewhere that was a bit safer and then yeah. i actually come off of the scaffolding and went and had a little breather wow uh, spoke to her on the phone and said how can it be that far along like you haven't even realised? Yeah. Yeah, that's the earliest slide that I remember. Was it, was it planned, by the way? Sorry if you, if you mentioned that. No, right? it wasn't. It no, okay. wasn't particularly planned, no. But it was great news. You were happy to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, we were over the moon. It was... What was it like being on this scaffolding site at the time? Because it, 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 it's interesting because it's a very male-dominated sort of arena yeah. and it's a bit lads banter, isn't it? You know. Sorry, I'm being very judgmental there, but I just... No, but it, that's but it's, stereotype. No, it is. It's a stereotype to a degree, yeah. isn't it? And like, how, how was that? And I will get into more, actually, on that a little bit later on, but initially... I mean, I've, I've been quite lucky. The scaffold, like any jobs that I've ever had, I work mainly with my dad. And since... 
then my younger brother joined us as oh, well. So it's so like it an extended was, family. You get like work, the whole yeah. stereotype thing, but in the same place, it's like your close little knitted group. Yeah. But um, I do remember the bloke who I was working with, his name's Kev. One of the first things he said to me when I showed him the picture of the scan was that the baby had my head. So straight away he went in there with a, a slight like, little dig. What an intro, what a strange comment. Yeah. First yeah. One. I mean, he already has. He definitely yeah. did have my head in that picture. Yeah. It, was, it was on the larger side. Oh, have you got a large head, have you? Is it? Yeah, yeah, okay. famously. Yeah. All right, okay. I've got images now of one of them Sabutio figures yeah, yeah. where Connor's sat there now and he's just got two tiny little arms. Yeah. I've got the, you know, the, yeah, you know the Churchill dog you get in the back of the car. He's got a small. Yeah. So this was, um, so you found, so it was nine weeks in, was it, that Lauren yeah. found out. And yeah. so to, to pick up the story from there then, obviously there was a bit of a, a bit of a shock and, and obviously you, were, yeah. you weren't expecting the news and you managed not to fall off the scaffolding. <laughs> found out the baby had your head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and from this point, obviously we're going to get to the serious matters in, in a moment or two from now, but yeah, yeah. just tell us about the, the, you know, the story and, and pick up where things went from there. Yeah, from then on, it was kind of like we kept it to ourselves for a little bit, and then we announced it to family. It was quite a quite a normal quite a normal pregnancy. We didn't have any complications throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. We went through like the early scan, uh, the early scan, so we could see the gender. Found out that it was a girl, and then from then on, then on, we kind of named we named Evie very early. Okay. Uh, originally, we called her Bean okay. because like the shape of a bean, and mm. and that's something. And it eventually oh, right, yeah. stuck. Yeah. But when we knew it was a girl, we kind of went for a few names and then landed on Evie. Yeah. Didn't really have many complications through pregnancy. She had low plate. Lauren had low platelets, so we were being checked out quite a lot. Like towards the end of the pregnancy, we had like scans and Dopplers checking Evie's heart rate once or twice a week towards the end. But other than that, there wasn't really any complications. There was nothing really to worry about from where we were standing. I think it must have been about 34 weeks in the pregnancy. And we went in and they said that Evie was still breech. Okay. So we went ahead with the option of having the planned C-section, hmm. which was... I think, if I believe rightly, about 38 weeks. Okay. It was planned for about 38 weeks, so a week or two before our due date. Lockdown was over by this point, wasn't it? This was all... Was this... Yeah, it was yeah. It was over, but I was like I was allowed into scans and everything, but okay. it was still only ever one person. Right. Like, it was only ever one person, and uh, you'd still have to wear masks everywhere. Yeah. And the planned C-section was, I think, two weeks or maybe a week and a half before our due date. So on the 16th of April, around 3, 4 in the morning, I think Lauren awoke and her waters had broken, but she didn't know that they had broken. She woke up, didn't know they had broken, kind of went back to sleep, but she remembers waking up. And then she woke me up a couple of hours later after awaking again and said, oh, I think my waters are broken. So we did like the rushing around, getting the bag. The bags were ready, but we were getting them by the door. Obviously called the uh, triage they said to come in, like to. She had a like an adult mappy on to since her waters broke. Yeah. So they said to keep that on so they could check the waters, uh, and then we got to the triage around. I think around seven. Still, we were obviously a little bit panicky because we 
knew that the plan C section wasn't so far away. Well, obviously, it's, you know, it's a new experience, wasn't it? Was it, was it your first child? Yeah, first, yeah. First child, and as you, as you mentioned, up to, you know, for, for the most part, it, the pregnancy was, was going along okay, and it was, I think, yeah. a lot of nerves and anxiety because it's, it's that first baby in your family, isn't it? So it is something which is yeah. completely unknown. Yeah, that's what it was yeah. for us, and we were probably a little bit naive to it. We didn't really know how... I was just about to say that's the word. Yeah, yeah go, go on, we, we, We've talked about this quite a lot. Connor on 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 here about yeah. th- that word naive and and why wouldn't you be right? It's exactly, your first yeah. one. Well, I think the way you've explained it before isn't it? No one goes in planning a family expecting anything other than having a family at the end of it. Isn't yeah, it? So, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you go in C-section. Uh, yeah, so she so we then went in and obviously it was a little while before the planned C-section. So they said um, they were going to check her dilation and stuff. I think she was just a centimetre, but they said, we're going to keep you in and we're going to do a C-section later on in the afternoon. And we wasn't really sure. They initially said that um, they were going to do it straight away that morning, like as soon yeah. as we got there. But because she had had a ready-made like coffee, they said because it count, it counts as like eating, that they had to delay it a little bit. I don't know. Oh, okay. I wasn't really sure on that wire, but at that time we didn't, we didn't, have any problems with it being delayed yeah yeah c-section eventually come around and evie was born at 2 16 in the so, afternoon so what what week are we at at this point connor did you say is this, is this, is i this... think i think it was 37 plus okay so evie was born and it was yeah. seemingly with with no complications is what yeah. I, I read so i mean i know this is not a pleasant thing to to talk about but yeah. the moment when things started to not feel right how did it yeah. go from you know what's supposed to be the happiest moment yeah to what lay, what lay ahead so when she was born she come out and there was like a moment of silence obviously you're waiting for that first cry mm-hmm. i just have to correct myself actually it was 217 that she was born I'm gonna you've just had a message from you've had a message that's why you've, you've been corrected <laughs> <laughs> well done lauren <laughs> Don't worry. We get that. You put that in the comments already. Don't don't worry, Connor. We know who wears the trousers in your relationship. (laughs) Out of interest, by the way, when you said you know you wait for that moment after the birth for the first cry, because I've been through that myself, and it's not like it's not like the movies, is it? Or when you watch anything on TV, when it just seems instant, doesn't it? I wish to a degree there's there's a bit more. I know we obviously got to fit to time on shows and stuff. But yeah. it doesn't really paint an accurate reflection at all in that, does it? No, From my experience, anyway. Not at all. Yeah. yeah. It kind of feels like that time stops. It felt like it was going so slowly. Like Every... It felt like there was a long period in between the first cry. Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't really. I think it would come pretty much straight away. Okay. She just seemed perfect. She was She was gorgeous. She looked just like her mother. With your head? Um, with my head. Uh, she come out, I think she come out with a, li- a normal size head. It must normal. have just been in the early stages. Normal of size head. <laughs> um, yeah, she she just seemed perfectly normal. There was yeah. no problems highlighted yeah. from the um, C-section team. Like there mm-hmm. none, no, no problems that yeah. were brought to us. She seemed perfectly well. Uh, they did all their checks, like took her over to the table cut the umbilical cord without asking me if I wanted to do it. Which really? Was, I think that annoyed us, yeah. No way. That's a bit cheeky, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, we wasn't wasn't happy with that, but that happened. But it, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't matter at the time, but after everything happened, obviously it yeah. did. Yeah. Mm. I was straight over there with my phone as soon as, as, soon as yeah. I could go over. I was 
getting videos of her pictures to show Lauren because she was still out of it a little bit from the yeah. C-section drugs. And then she was wrapped up, brought over to us. And we had a little cuddle while they were stitching Lauren up. Still, everything seemed fine. But what we know now, which none of the nurses really picked up on, as soon as she was born, she was making these kind of grunting noises where it's like she was struggling to breathe. Okay. And she was making them from, we've got evidence, like we've got videos of it, sorry. Oh, is it from um, the videos that you, from your videos? Yeah. Yeah. We've got videos of like just where straight after she was born of where she's making these noises and she, she continued to make them throughout the whole evening like that she was with us. So she was making those noises. The nurses said something along the lines of like, oh, she's just like a fussy baby. She's just, like, she's hungry or she's just being fussy and a bit of a diva like her mother, like kind of making a joke out of the noises. So we felt yeah. reassured that it was nothing to be worried about. And then we were in recovery for about an hour with a nurse. She would just sat there like typing in um, all of the stuff that she needed to do on the yeah. laptop. And Evie, unknown to us, she was still making these noises. She was crying little bits, but she was, she still seemed pretty healthy. She was. Was there no, had, no, after they mentioned that to you then, can you recall if there was any sort of checks to see? The nurse know? that was with us in recovery, she did her initial checks like she obviously unwrapped her and we put the baby girl on her for the first time. She did initial checks, but yeah. she didn't raise any concerns. But still, like the noises that we had raised concerns about, she kind of brushed them off and said that it was fine. So we thought that everything was normal. And she was really helpful, the nurse. Like she helped um, Lauren breastfeed for the first time in there and things like that. Yeah. Were they so we would, sorry uh, to sorry to interrupt Connor? Was it were they like um, grunting sort of sounds? Yeah, 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 that's that's exactly what they were like. They were yeah. grunting noises. Yeah, yeah, and usually, I mean, uh, and the reason I'm asking, uh, sorry, the reason I'm saying this is because usually on a C-section, especially if it's an emergency section, which I'm assuming this was, um, yeah, because they don't have time to give the steroid injection for the lungs, which at 37 weeks-ish is usually a time where you have the lung development and the, the surfactant that's produced within the lungs to be able to um, allow them to, to stay open. So when they close, then they don't become sticky. It's quite, it is quite common for, for babies to grunt. And also I'm talking from experience because my lad grunted a little bit as well. Right. Um, and, yeah. they, and they did put it down to the fact that because he was born by section and he okay. was early, it could be that because, uh, and again, while you're born by section, you're not coming through the birth canal, so you're not squeezing the lungs yeah. and getting everything out of the lungs. Well, That's yeah. not to say, Connor, sorry, that, that what they've said to you is is wrong in any way, shape or form. Oh, yeah, um, no, no, of That's just from, from my experience that we the, had yeah. and that from other yeah. people that I've spoken mm. to is that it's quite common for for that to happen. Right. I don't remember that with Etta because Etta comes C-section. I, don't, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't always happen, I imagine. Not, like, well, no, no, no. Like, yeah. just to cut, like, depends on the baby, I assume, yeah. and the situation. Like yeah, that. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry, Connor. Yeah. That's all right, no worries. From where you were with that then? Yeah, so we were then in recovery and she'd done all her checks and everything was normal. I think it was around about seven o'clock in, uh, in the evening she seemed to, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say deteriorate. It just seemed that the grunting noises she had been making, yeah. they were more frequent. She was crying a lot unless we were holding her 
in a certain position or through a con unless I was constantly rocking her. Like Lauren was still unable to walk. She yeah. obviously had the anesthetic and was unable to walk, unable to really use her arm because she because she had a cannula in on her wrist. So I was pretty much just holding her and rocking her and trying to get her to yeah. feel comfortable the whole time. It's clearly a concerning uh, time. So you're you're going through that. Obviously, Lauren, who wants to do more. I mean, that must have been horrible for her to be in that situation yeah. where she still yeah, can't she stand. She was constantly and, trying to help, and, and she was mom, holding yeah. her where she could. What were the uh, how were the hospital with it? You know how how did how were things explained to you and 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 with the progression from when you you said it started to get more serious? It seemed to be like a kind of change when they went to the night shift team. So at like eight o'clock, mm. the night shift team come in. Um, we didn't really have any help from the nurses or midwives they didn't come in to do the checks that they're scheduled to do when you stay there overnight um we were left we pressed the buzzer to get some painkillers for lauren because she was on like a they say to keep the painkillers up every certain amount of hours yeah and we pressed the buzzer and we was waiting for an hour for someone to come back to us uh, at which point i walked out holding evie into the hallway one of the midwives said, don't walk out with your, your your child in case someone swings the door open and you drop her. And I said, well, I wouldn't have walked out there if someone had replied to us within an hour. It was literally the only option I had. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, just... yeah, there were no checks done. There wasn't really any help, any concerns that we raised. They kind of brushed them off and said, oh, okay, we'll, like, we'll, we'll be back in a minute or something like that. And they just never were. Were they understaffed? Um, Sorry, I know this is quite a, a, an insensitive, but just the staffing levels in the particular hospital that you were at, and being with a change of shift as well. I know with a lot of the the, the situation with with the NHS and, and stuff in general, but yeah. it's it's a fine line, isn't it, between giving people the time that they need and also having enough people to be able to give that to everyone who needs yeah. someone in that in that moment. How did it How did it yeah. feel? Did you get an impression of how it was there? It kind it kind of just felt like. To me, there, like we heard a lot of people walking around. Like that, there was a, another uh, couple next to us as well doing the same thing. Having, she was having some kind of problems, and the way that they were acting towards them right. kind of gave us a clear indication that the midwife there didn't. Yeah. Okay. Really, it, so you like it sounds to, bad yeah. to say it because you don't want like it, I'm not brushing everyone with the same brush. No, no, but, but here to be honest, like isn't it? Punishing so. them with the same brush, but it sounded like they didn't want to be doing the jobs that they were required to be doing. Yeah, like we heard people, like we heard them talking about other patients, like shouting about them in our like direct ear line. We then heard them say something about Lauren in the hallway when, like, we we could clearly hear them after they hadn't been in to check on us in like, yeah, well, that's a that's, certain amount of hours. That's not good. Is so it? it was kind of it was kind of like. It was hard to deal with at the time, but all, all we were focused on then was just get through the night and then get home with Evie. That's the opposite of what you needed at the time, isn't it? So Yeah, it was It was kind of like we were obviously first-time parents and because of COVID, you were only allowed one person in and obviously that person was going to be me. Yeah, I felt like we were kind of just put to the side and left to, left to our own devices. They didn't check that she... Like whenever we did ask them to come and check on her... They kind of just said, oh, is she feeding? Yeah. And Lauren would say, oh, she's latching on, but then she's falling asleep. Um, and they would say, well, you just need to feed. You need to keep trying to feed. And that, that was kind of it. So this was um, into the night, the early evening, into the night time after their, their shift changes and everything. Yeah. And then you said you'd hit the buzzer and it would take about an hour 
for them to yeah. come and see you and, and you went out into the corridor with Evie and the it was it the midwife or the nurse said you know about not doing that in case a door hits you for, yeah. so it's already at this point there must be a lot of anxiety about and, and you're sensitive towards what's happening with Evie and yeah. things are deteriorating so and, and again I'm sorry because I know it's, it's not easy to talk about but yeah. when things with that escalation to where you lost Evie it carried on really until the early hours of the morning around 7am until uh, a midwife who hadn't been into us at all. Mm. So we think it was a midwife who was in on the early morning shift, like swapping shifts at eight o'clock. She came in and she heard um, Evie making the noises that she had been making. And she said, your baby's in pain. Like, is she okay? And we said, uh, we don't know. She's just been making these noises. We haven't had a wink of sleep. She said, I know, we've heard about, but she she knew that we hadn't had any sleep and that she had been crying all night. Yeah. She put it down to colic uh, there and then and was kind of uh, rubbing her back and trying to get rid of the colic, which we were really helpful, uh, thankful for because it was someone coming in and actually showing and giving her attention well, yeah, and trying a... to help her. Yeah. So she and thought then... it was colic and rubbing her back. Did that have any have any effect at all i'm getting, i'm assuming it, it didn't seem to no she um she kind of settled when she was holding her but she was just go back to crying and yeah. being clearly irritated by something so she then said uh she was doing an obs test i think it's like where they check their oxygen with their hands and yeah. their feet and the uh the results weren't coming through properly on that when she was doing that in the room straight oh, like away the saturation so and everything yeah. then called a uh pediatrician to come and get her and we had like complications of that. That was all a bit of a mess. They eventually took her into a separate room to put her on like a machine that does the oxygen test. Yeah. Which I followed them into the room. Like I said, I'm, I want to be with her. So I went in there and Lauren was um, obviously still not walking around because they hadn't been to seeing her, which they should have done after the C-section I mean, as well. You guys have been awake over 24 hours by now at this point, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, much over it. it. was. It's so hard still to talk about it yeah. like in this period because so much of, of it is a blur. Well, still, you're doing very well, mate. Yeah, it's still right. relatively... Is this so for, and, and, you know, this was April last year, April 2022. Yeah. Connor, can I ask who... I'm going through process of elimination here, but yeah. is Bernadette Sullivan your mum? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So she's posted a comment saying uh, that she's very proud of you and that she loves you. And then also Daniela O'Sullivan. Yeah, that's my sister. That's your sister. Yep. Yeah, she's extremely proud of you as well. And also your little nephew, is it, Albie? Yeah, Albie. Yeah, yeah. he <laughs> says hello to Uncle Connor as well. So there you go. There's a, there's, there's a few people, well, obviously family members that are, are giving yeah. you some love. Yeah. Thank you for that. This has been going on for over 24 hours. It sounds like yeah. you're on your third sort of staff change and you finally get a, a midwife comes through and, and possibly starts picking up on something. Yeah. Maybe. Um, yeah. What conversations were you, if you can recall, you and Lauren having at this point talking about, you know, because I'm, I'm assuming you're, you know, you're trying to reassure each other and you're trying to get the answers and you're still yeah. in this heightened yeah, well, state me, of alert. Me and Lauren are... Like we're very open with each other with how we're feeling, yeah. and we always have been. But we also both we're both very anxious people anyway. Right. So it was kind of like we didn't really, for even throughout the night, 
because we were kind of reassured by other nurses and midwives, we didn't really think that anything was going to be massively wrong or we just kind of thought get through the night, get her home to get her home with us and with her grandparents who we live with and we'll go from there and it will be fine. Yeah. But then obviously when the nurse started to pick up on that and then she was taken away, it was a lot of reassuring from both of us just saying it's going to be okay. Like. We didn't know. I, I didn't know the extent of any problems. I just thought they were having problems with the machine at first. Yeah. I think when they put her on that machine, they said that she needed to be on oxygen just because she wasn't getting enough to her. And then she was like transported down to the NICU without an incubator, so she wasn't given the oxygen when she was being transported down there. And then she was eventually down there, a doctor come to see us after we had been down to see her for a few hours. Like time was passing. It was just so much of a blur. The doctor kind of just explained to us that she seems that she's got an infection. She might be in there for like a couple of days. So it doesn't seem like anything terrible. She might be in there for a little bit longer if the infection has spread. But so, so although things aren't ideal, you know, it's the last thing that you want to hear. You know, you've you've just yeah. your wife's just given birth, and you're hearing about infections or colic, but nothing at all. These are pretty, you know, run of the mill things that babies yeah. have not long after birth. Yeah, exactly. So, and so that's that's kind of how I was feeling. I thought, yeah, I can deal with I can deal with her being in there for the two days. We'll come and see yeah. her when we can. So you mentally prepare for that, don't you? Home. Then you have this sudden jump from that, from colic yeah. or an infection, to, to tragedy. Yeah. We spoke to Lauren's mum, and she came to see us. So we went outside while Evie was just in with the doctors in the incubator, and everything was kind of just we, – we hadn't heard from them since they initially said that. Mm. Uh, so we just had a bit of time outside with our mum. It was kind of like we all – didn't really know the severity of it, but we seen what I remember, we were all okay. It was kind of just all reassuring each other. And then by the time we got back upstairs, me and Lauren, after uh, I was pushing her in a wheelchair because she still didn't have full use of her legs properly. By the time we got back through the door upstairs, we walked in and as literally as we were sitting down, the doctor came in to see us and was kind of just saying, this was around, I think, I think about 12.30, he just said that she had deteriorated, that they were going to try and get in touch with another hospital because they, they didn't know if they had the capacity to deal with it there and that they were also, I know, he said it, it that was something that he said earlier, sorry. Um, but, yeah, he just basically said that she had deteriorated and that from then on it was kind of like... We both gave each other that look, and yeah. I think Lauren even said to me that she kind of just knew then. Oh right, it wasn't wasn't going to be good. And then we eventually we went down there to the NICU, and they were constantly trying to resuscitate her. And a couple of times it worked, and they were trying to tra- uh, give her bloods and stuff. Yeah. But eventually, at around um, around like twenty past one, I think around that kind of time, yeah, they asked for permission to stop trying because nothing was working and they said that the amount of times that they had had to resuscitate her that the damage that she's been through would have been okay hard enough <sighs> wow i mean like i said when you ryan's already said you've had comments and things and and, and you can tell from the way your face is your emotions you know how 
you know, at this point, how much it's kind of, you know, really, it, it's like a, it's like a dagger, isn't it? You know, it really yeah. is. And, 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 and it's, it's like, it's where we can all relate in a sense of, even though we, we say this all the time, that all stories are different around this subject. We're all connected by that loss. And, and, and I imagine at, at this point, you, Lauren, your family's lives just go from ceiling to below the floor before you even yeah. like have chance to kind of take in what's gone on, right? Um, yeah, it really did. Yeah, you know, you you're part of a a new a new world which you didn't yeah. think you were going to be part of, and yeah, exactly. Yeah. How are you now? Uh, I'm I'm good now. I mean, obviously, I have my down days, and yeah. there are some things that. I don't think I'll ever be able to get over, so to speak, but I'm happy with how, where I am. We've we got married since. Okay. Congratulations. So we've, we've, we've done a lot of stuff. I think Yeah. when um, we was still in the hospital, we stayed a few nights with Evie yeah. after she passed in a cold cut. Yeah. And one of the things that me and Lauren said to each other, we must have said it about 100 times while we was in there, was one that, we have to continue her legacy on, which we've been trying to do so much. And two, that we have to be really open with each other on how we're feeling and we have to help each other by helping ourselves. You have a foundation yourself, haven't you, with uh, with Evie, if you just want to give that uh, a mention. Yeah, the, the Evelyn Ray Foundation. We're not actually registered as a registered charity yet. We're going through the process of that. Yeah, okay. But we've raised quite a bit of money and we've done stuff like we donated... Um, some NICU bags to parents who had children in the NICU over Christmas this year, just gone. Mm -hmm. We donated 20 bags down to the hospital. Uh, we're currently in the process of making more bereavement boxes for parents who lose yeah. their babies yeah. uh, and be donating them around Evie's birthday this year. We'll put the uh, details for this in the description for the podcast as well, if anyone would yeah. like to uh, to take a look in and uh, if they'd like to get in touch with 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 Connor or, or Lauren on on the back of that too, and if there's a foundation, I already possibly feel another football match coming. <laughs> yeah, definitely. See, we, there you go. Actually, right, see, you we, in, we, huh? We've had a couple of football games already as the foundation. Right, so. there you go. Oh, yeah. Road trip. Right, yeah, we're pointing. Yeah, yeah, we're, co <laughs> we're, we're yeah, we're home legging and away leg, mate. You know what I mean? You, you have to come. Yeah. Come on to Birmingham. Ryan said we'll get the we'll get the, we'll get the subtitles well, out for you. Matt you know is, what I mean? <laughs> Matt is straight <laughs> onto that, isn't it? That's Absolutely, great. It's, it's great. Word of warning: when you see Matt running towards you for a tackle, <laughs> bear in mind he's got an interesting face. You'll win it, and yeah. he might pull out at the last no, moment. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm not even biting. Carry on talking, Connor. I'm not even. On hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not even biting. That was a bit like one of his tackles. <laughs> it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gets in there, ready to go, and then decides yeah. he's not going to. Yeah. Um, Connor, it's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll do that. We'll get we'll get something fixed up. That'll be oh, good. Absolutely. We'll have enough yeah. for a league soon, won't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're gonna have a fight. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna try a five-a-side tournament. Yeah. How, yeah, uh, Connor, how have you got on in your games? Who, who have uh, you actually played? We're, again? we're unbeaten at the moment. Oh, oh there we go. So are we. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is Sam Allardyce for England. <laughs> <laughs> who have you played, Connor? What um what other uh, is it other charities or Yeah, the first game we played was against Sands United, London, actually. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. That was our most recent game yeah. with Sands, wasn't it? Yeah, Sands, yeah. yeah. So that was that was only a couple of months after Evie passed. Okay. Okay. And then the second one was against Lauren's dad's 
vets team. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that was... Oh, veterans, sorry. I was thinking of animal experts. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny enough, uh, funny yeah. enough, someone actually thought the same thing Having when a we slow were day. the game up as well. Uh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you who you should get in contact with in all seriousness because we had Ollie on, didn't we, from Angels United? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a um, Gillingham fan down yeah. that area. Yeah, he's yeah. a big Gillingham fan, but also they're based up by sort of Manchester way. We played against them last May, yeah, didn't we? And um, yeah. nice, really, really nice group of lads. Yeah, it yeah I, think, I think we actually followed yeah, them good. on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah Ollie. It was, it was a shame to beat them, okay. weren't it? I suppose. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I mean that in a nice we've, way. We've mentioned this loads <laughs> on the show. We also <laughs> arranged it on like the hottest day of last year. It and was like the hottest day of the year. Kickoff, yeah. It? yeah, it was. Yeah. We are we are quickly running out of time. I told you it would it would feel like it's it's yeah. it's gone fast. There's a couple of bits I want to touch on before we call it a night for for this episode. But you're more than welcome to come back on at a future date. Whether you want to come and join us in person, jump on for five yeah. minutes, a whole episode, whatever it is. But sure. um, before I just want to quickly talk about work and stuff and your family in a second. Yeah. But before that, did you feel like you had closure and answers, or is there still things that you haven't you know you you wish to find out about Evian and the reasons behind the loss? I wouldn't necessarily necessarily say closure and answers 100%. Okay. We've had um, her post-mortem come back and the reason for death was sepsis. And Lauren actually tested positive for Group B strep after Evie passed. Right. So, okay. we, right. so we've done a lot of research into that mm. and have since kind of been able to... Yeah. decide that that is how okay. it was transferred to Evie. And right. there's a, like why I mentioned the grunting. It wasn't just the grunting. Yeah. It was she kind of had chest. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure on the word they use to describe it, but it's like their chest goes backwards rather than outwards when okay. they breathe. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Yeah, there's definitely a lot about it that I still don't know because yeah. it's not widely known about it enough. I mean, there's yeah. I think it's something like eight out of ten midwives don't know the signs to pick up on for it because it's not wow really we've mentioned it's, it's these not, things it's before, not widely it? known about enough in the uk i think in america and in australia women are tested for it regularly in every mm. pregnancy mm. but in the uk it just isn't mm. and it's something that we've been speaking about for a, since we heard about it because i didn't hear about it until evie passed yeah but it's something that i really want to bring more attention to. Yeah. And we've had people since Evie passed who have been pregnant and have said, oh, I've got a test because of you and I found out it was True. positive and now I'm going to be on the right antibiotics, etc." Brilliant. And it's, changing. for yeah, it obviously it doesn't bring, it doesn't change anything or, or make your no. life any easier, but the things are exactly that. And again, with Ryan and Matt and the Lily May Foundation, all of these things, if that then helps somebody or somebody else, Exactly. You know, yeah. it's the reason why why we're doing these things, isn't it? To to encourage those conversations, also to encourage the education, and for yeah. people just to connect through varying do, whatever form of conversation that that person needs in order to be able to say the things that they need to say around it, whether that's just through listening, talking, writing, blogging, whatever that is, and it's it's important that that you continue to do that. So I think. Yeah. Um, You've spoke fantastically well tonight and, and you. bravely. We, you said you got married, you and Lauren got married. Hang on, you must be coming up to your first anniversary for your marriage then, if you have not just had it, have you? Yes, August the 19th this year. You got that right, yeah? Definitely. Yeah, I, I, I okay. pre-planned this in my head. I knew you were going to ask me about it. So, <laughs> oh, your first anniversary is this August, August 2023? 
Yeah, August oh, con- Congratulations. Yeah. Um, Thank tell you. Me, tell me to bugger off if you want, but how is your relationship? Because obviously something like this is going to have a profound impact on mental health and relationship dynamics. Where are you guys at? Uh, I think we've been getting stronger and stronger since everything happened. I mean, we were quite... We've always, like everyone says to us, we're like, oh, we're, you're made for each other and you kind of brush that kind of thing off when yeah. when something like this doesn't happen. But I genuinely feel like something has happened in the world that was meant to bring us together. Yeah, Like I can't speak highly enough of her. I know we were saying earlier about the foundation and her legacy and she does a lot of that, Lauren. She, okay. right. The amount of stuff that she does for it to carry on Evie's legacy is ridiculous like i kind of just sit there and tag along the majority of the times yeah but yeah uh, have you guys in terms of spoke to anyone and had any sort of not therapy but just help or sessions because that's something we speak about quite a lot and and one of the things that we've had picked up on is how a lot of the guys tend to sit there and they don't feel as if it's aimed at them but they're supporting yeah. their other half we've kind of done it individually rather than okay. together i okay. think i mean i haven't necessarily gone for counseling or therapy but I, I rather i think and she's the same would speak to people in within our own circle and yeah. people that we know that can help and that's where i found a lot of comfort in meeting the sands london team as well yeah. i've i've made friends from there i've only known probably less than a year now but i speak to him every other day mm. and we because he's been through something similar, we just yeah. talk about everything. Like it's, if anything comes up, we don't speak every day, but it's there if anything you comes up, we just message every now and then, and it, it kind of feels like therapy, but it doesn't need to be labelled. I, I think, yeah, I think that's a good point actually, because therapy doesn't necessarily just mean you know, if you're thinking about it in the old school sense of the word, you, you're sat there on some chaise long somewhere, aren't you? With you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, we've we always said as well, Dan, and and we've always sort of banged the drum throughout the charity as well. Is that and and like Connor said there, it's it's not actually necessarily therapy counselling that people need when they lose a baby because it's just about speaking to somebody who just is reading off exactly the same page as them. Yeah. Because it's yeah. such a unique grief, it's a unique experience, it's um unique emotions and, and everything can like I say, counselling as such, you can't guarantee that the person yeah. that you're speaking to understands. Yeah. And sometimes because you know that's what you're doing, so your body yeah. might put up some natural defences rather than just letting a conversation be organic. Yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 that's, and that's why, you know, like our, our one-to-one support service that we do, which is bereavement support. So it's not counselling, but it's yeah. bereavement support because yeah. they know that whenever they come and sit in a room with either myself, with Matt, with Amy or Chantel, is that they know they're sat in front of somebody that's experienced the loss of a baby. Yeah. So therefore, they're able to validate the experience that they've had, okay. and validate the emotion, validate the um, the, fo- the uh, sorry, the thoughts, the feelings, yeah. the journey that they're going on as well. So it, again, it's just to reaffirm, it's it's, it's talking. Yeah, talking. Absolutely. And I've, um, note, note to self: don't use the word therapy again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got another comment for you, Connor. From uh, yeah. John Sparrow, he's put he's put on the comments. Not long joined, so I'm assuming that means the stream, which I think it is. So not long joined. I don't know you, mate, but I know it's hard from experience. And fair play for speaking about your experiences. Yeah, oh, thank you. Who's that, John? Was it? You said? That was John Sparrow. Yeah. Thank and you, to, to, to be honest, um, Connor, it sounds like um, we haven't got too long, but I, I I am keen to find out a little bit. You said obviously you've got the football team that you guys have got for the foundation. 
And yeah. of course, we're talking from a in general a male point of view. How has that how has that looked? Because we touched upon you you were a scaffolder and things like this, and obviously the yeah. that world that you come from. But like, how has how has it been received as far as you know, EV and the losses concerned? It's only been the two games that we've had, but every time we play the game. It kind of, you can see how much it means to everyone playing in the game. Yeah. And it's not just the people playing, it's the people that are on the side as well. Yeah. I mean, the women that come along, we've had people that have wanted to play but couldn't because I've had not had enough numbers. I just think it's a way, it's kind of an easy way to get people there. Yeah. Yeah. To not just remember her, but to talk about her, to yeah. to speak about things, to speak out, have a little catch up. Yeah. Have you done the, it's stereotyping to a degree, but the guy thing, as we mentioned during this, you know, since you lost Evie, which is uh, April, wasn't it, 2022? Yeah. Any, any distractions, whether they be good or bad, throwing yourself into work or maybe having a, you know, picking up a bad habit or something, you know, we've, we've, we asked our guests this when they come um, on. Uh, just any sort of personality changes that you may have, obviously people are evolving and adapting all the time, but just was there a particular period that you're now, you're happy to have moved away from? Uh, it took a while for it to kind of all hit me, but I, th- I think yeah. a few months after I was kind of, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was reliant on alcohol, but when I would feel like I was getting upset for a longer period of time, yeah. I would drink more yeah. and then I wouldn't feel sad during that time that I'm drinking. And then obviously the next day it's even worse. Yeah. Kind of just be like a catch 22. Like the drink makes it worse, mm. but, when you're doing it, it makes it better. It makes it feel like yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You take because you mask it. Because yeah. you mask how you're yeah. feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Taking that pain away, isn't it? Like you know. So yeah, yeah. And I think it, it kind of it took until after I'd probably say after maybe Christmas or just like around my birthday, around November kind of time. I think I looked at myself after Christmas and was kind of like, this isn't what I want to be doing. I don't. I, I want to drink to enjoy it. I don't want to drink to. Cover things up, yeah. Mm. Mm. And that, yeah. and I, I spoke to my wife about it, and it's probably helped. I've been training. I'm doing the London Marathon, so I'm training for that now. Nice. So I've been limiting the amount of alcohol I've been drinking. Are oh, you now London stuff. Marathon? There you go. You yeah. should do that, Matt. You should get. Wow. You, you look, Matt, Matt's <laughs> a big runner. Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I, it's one I'd like to do. It's so difficult to get in. In oh, is it? Yeah, it's. I didn't know it's, that. It's so. It's like you have to go. I into thought anyone could do it. Have you seen all sorts of people no, turn like, up dressed it, as half dressed yeah. as Captain America? <laughs> yeah. half. Man <laughs> runs that much. He'd dress up as Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> you have to enter a ballot and stuff, and like it's yeah. um, and it, it it is. I did not know that. Nice. No, you can be a bit of a look at the draw. Have you got any friend spaces? Like, uh, you can get in, Connor. Right, no, I, I actually got very lucky to get in. Actually, my sister got a, sp- a charity space with Group Strip, and I didn't. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 She she saw it out and managed to get me oh, the spot right. instead. So we've got. Um, how's the training go for that? By the way, when is it? Is it soon? Twenty third of April. Uh, no. We've got 15 people doing the London Landmarks half marathon um, yeah. next Sunday. Yeah, That's a that's a cracking event. That's that a great is. day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you ran it I last year. How's that work? You run up to Big Ben, take a picture, run a bit more. <laughs> 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 I ran it last year. That's yeah, I ran it last year. Yeah. It's, it's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Instead of getting the open top bus. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'll stop being an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Just, just, just <laughs> run around the are landmark. You, 
Are you back at work now? I think I picked up you said you, you used to be, or have you, what is the situation uh, Yeah, with you? so I used to be a scaffolder. I actually haven't returned to work. I've been very lucky to have uh, two very supportive in-laws yeah. who have helped us out with stuff financially. Yeah. I think that happens quite a lot. It was Roy Presswich, our, re- our recent guest, is the, the same thing. He was a teacher, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we made a decision a few months after it was going to be that I was going to take some time off. Okay. But um, scaffolding is such a mentally and physically demanding job. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be ever be ready to return to that really. Right. But Fair enough. It's just something that I know I'm not ready to put myself through yet. That's understandable. That's completely understandable. I'm not sure if you can see, but there's a spare seat here. So you can uh come and join us on the swap that yeah. for this world and come and sit with us you yeah, know, anytime yeah, you want to. That sounds good. That sounds good. Uh you are you are more than welcome. Is uh, before we wrap up Ryan and uh, and Matt is there anything that you uh you'd like to ask Connor or any uh anything else you'd like to mention Connor before we uh before we call it a night? No I I just want to say thank you Connor. Um yeah. I, I know it's not easy. Yeah. Um obviously speaking from experience and I, I'm 13 years down the line well, just over 13 years down the line I know it's not easy and especially as you're you know, not far off, probably the first anniversary as well. Um, yeah. So I know how difficult it is, but I think you've um, you've done your little girl proud this mm. evening. Um, Thank and you. And you should be, she'll be, sorry, put my teeth in. Mm. She will be extremely proud <laughs> of you, as obviously your family are through the comments that they've been placing, uh, that they've been making as well. So yeah. thank you for, for coming on. Thank yeah, you. No, Cheers, Connor. Thank you to everyone who's uh, been watching, whether it's live or at a future date. Stillparentspodcast.co.uk is the website. Still Parents Podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to be part, I mentioned it briefly, the Dads and Granddads WhatsApp group, which in a nutshell, for anyone who's not heard about it yet, Matt, what is it? It's a WhatsApp group. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it, it's one of them, isn't it? On a serious note, no, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very supportive network of... Um, we're all we're all dads who've lost. Um, we've got um, Lily May's granddad in, so there's one granddad as part of the group as well. It, in general, it's people that, that have gone through the loss, but it's a really really good group. We 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 meet up once every six weeks or so yeah. and, and do some kind of event. Um, and I think one thing that Nathan Ellis mentioned actually yeah. on a recent episode, he was talking about that group and it was, and it's similar to something you said earlier, Connor, about just having those new relationships because Nathan said he's met people within that group mm. that you can have the messages within the group. I think there's about 50 or so people in there, but then he still have, you know, more private conversation with people that he's only met through that group more yeah. recently. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. a really valuable thing. Yeah. <laughs> cheers no, cheers no. the explanation, Matt. Now, there you go. We, we, My we second went, question, how do you boil an egg? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we went from like a three-word answer to a 15-sentence yeah. answer. I knew it was in there. Yeah, got there eventually, eh? You know we did, I mean? we did. Right, yeah. well, we are, we are done. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This is the Still Parents Podcast, episode number 48. Uh, joined by Connor O'Sullivan. Thank you very much, Connor. Love to you and, uh, and to your wife, Lauren. Thank you very much, Lauren, as well. For, uh, for checking out this uh, podcast and yeah we'd love to uh, love to meet you in person one day football match and yep. uh, yeah get you in the football match obviously we'll be friends after the game <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely it sounds good Fantastic. thank you guys right we will be back in a couple of weeks uh, from now with episode 49 and with Gareth Haycock that's right and yeah that's right so yeah, this, um, yeah, more details and everything in the description for this episode for uh, more information about Connor. Thank you very much, Connor. Take care, yep, everybody. We you. will speak to you soon. See you, mate. Bye bye. Take care.